coming up on the talk show i actually recorded this episode backward first i recorded on friday and i talked about my experience this week as a producer at odyssey and filled you in on what's going on in my professional life um and a couple other storylines that we had from last week and then as it tends to happen over shabbos when my phone is away and i have time to actually think without being influenced by the outside uh storylines i came up with a bunch of thoughts i had on the nba so i decided to record those and add those to the top of the podcast uh, and i did that today today is sunday so while i did that though the first 15 minutes is on the nba and i forgot to turn my microphone on so just when i thought i was getting better at this whole thing from professional experience and i think this podcast is as good as it's ever been um thanks to just a week of experience i can't even wait how to see how great it's going to get but um the whole open i did not have my microphone on and so for those 16 minutes you're gonna have to make it through a little bit of shoddy audio but then the next uh part of the podcast will be back to normal so if you could stick it through that would be great enjoy all that coming up next it's sunday night now i recorded uh, most of this podcast on friday uh, we had basketball today. The Knicks played at the Garden, and now tonight the Rangers are playing at the Garden as well. So basketball and hockey. Busy sports day for me, but I did want to jump on here and do a quick open for the podcast. Just some ideas I thought of, and I figured why not throw them at the top of the podcast since I did not uh, finish recording or finish editing, I should say, the other podcast anyway. Um, so I just wanted to talk about a couple of ideas at the top, and you'll see why I want to get to them sooner rather than later. The first one uh, I wanted to talk about, but it doesn't really kind of make sense. There's not that much to talk about is the idea of tampering right now. Uh, baseball, we haven't seen any progress really, but we know that progress is going to be made. Um, something is going to happen with baseball in the next couple of days. So no matter what happens, uh, there's going to be a solution, right? Whether it happens and the season is delayed by a few games or not, uh, we expect a solution. It seems like all the reports are the same. But during this time, we're hearing reports about Freddie Freeman, about different free agents, Carlos Correa, etc., and different teams that they might be tied to. And the idea that we think that all these guys are together, they're all down in their training facilities, they're all there, teams and players, um, and there's not conversations going on about contracts. Like the first day that all this gets resolved, all of a sudden there are going to be contracts being handed out left and right. Why? Because we're not just going to go into free uh, spring training and there are going to be big-time, big-name free agents who are just sitting there available on the market. That's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to take a while for these guys to get signed. And I think what's going to happen is they get signed really quickly. And I think we all know that teams have been talking to these players throughout this process. So there's no surprise there. Now, the reason this isn't a story is because tampering has been going on forever. We see it in the NBA most uh, frequently, I would say, um, most prominently, and done kind of without even hiding it in the NBA. Anthony Davis is probably the most recent example but we see this all the time in the NBA, and we see this in other leagues as well. And I think this has to do with just we are dumb. In the media and fans in general, we grasp at things. So to make tampering just legal, to say, okay, let's just make it legal, and teams can talk to other teams while they're in contract with one team. Well, if we did that, then we'd be grasping at even more things more often. A good example is the, of this is Russell Wilson. I heard a sports update on uh, CBS Sports Network. I heard uh, a sports minute, an Odyssey sports minute was... Russell Wilson changed his profile picture from a picture of him in a Seahawks uniform to a picture of him and his dad. Who cares? Like, we overreact to things like that. Like, that's the biggest deal in the world. Like, oh my God, Russell Wilson changed his profile picture to a picture of him and his dad. So it must be he doesn't want to be on Seattle anymore. What's going to happen? I don't know. Maybe he just was feeling sentimental and wanted to post an old picture of him and his dad. 
Like no one really considers things like that. So uh, us grasping at straws and creating narratives out of every little thing is why I don't think it would like, okay, so we make tampering legal and then it's going to be more of that. Like anytime two stars from any two teams or anytime a team and a, anything have like are seen together, have lunch together or do any type of activity together. Uh, we're going to be thinking, Oh look, this guy might be going to this team. And so I think it's stupid. So let's keep pretending it's a secret. And at least that way, they're going to at least try and hide it a little bit more. We don't want to incentivize the players to, because they do this to mess with us at the same time. Like Russell Wilson, at the same time, he might be feeling nostalgic for his dad, but he also knows it's going to create a storyline. So they do that to mess with us and they create narratives. Now, speaking of narratives, I did want to touch on the next thing, which is how narratives create a reality. Um, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast where when we view things a certain way, when we have preconceived notions about certain things, we automatically kind of fit what's actually happening into those preconceived notions and into those narratives. Um, a good example of that is two things that I learned recently in the NBA, um, which is just incredible, is Donovan Mitchell and uh, Trey Young. If you look at those two players and you said, okay, who's a better three-point shooter? Is it Trey Young or Donovan Mitchell? Everyone would be like, oh, Trey Young. Trey Young, obviously, he takes those deep threes and all that. Um, when in reality, over the course of their career, Donovan Mitchell actually shoots a higher percentage from three-point than Trey Young. Um, another example is Jason Tatum and Devin Booker. Devin Booker is 25 years old. He's been in the league a few years longer than Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum only 23. But everyone talks about Devin Booker as the second coming of Kobe Bryant, whereas Jason Tatum, we're like, yeah, he's still figuring it out. We don't know exactly what it is. Obviously, he has the ability to play inside. He's a big man. But then you realize that Jason Tatum shoots a higher percentage from three for his career than Devin Booker does. The same thing happened with Jeremy Lin. If you read Daryl Morey's open to uh, the book called The Undoing Project about preconceived notions, he talks about how Jeremy Lin didn't go drafted in the draft despite having the quickest first step of anyone in his draft class. He should have been in that draft, and yet he goes undrafted because he's an Asian kid from Harvard. Um, and the same thing with Marcus Gasol. He talks about how there was a picture that was going around of Marcus Gasol where he looked kind of chubby, shirtless, and he got the nickname Man Boobs. And so he fell in the draft, and we all know the career that Marcus Gasol had. So in sports, this kind of relates to something that I talk about a little bit later in the podcast. We love to create narratives. We love to create storylines. Um, and it, again, in a way, it's part of our job. We have to do that in the media because we have to have stuff to talk about. I'm going to talk about on the next part of the uh, podcast what I saw kind of lifting the curtain behind the scenes of how we were trying to create narratives in a week of sports where nothing was going on. Um, but at the same time, be aware because those narratives become the reality and it becomes what we actually talk about and it turns into the real storylines in sports and we have to be wary of that. The next thing I wanted to talk about, um, and again, this is just quick, is centers in the NBA. If you look at the MVP race in the NBA currently, you would say that Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic are probably the three favorites. And if you look at those three guys, those are three centers. I know Giannis is not necessarily considered a center, but I've said this on the podcast before. He, his, the best comp for him is prime Shaq. You look at the stats. You look at what he does on a basketball court. Despite not being your traditional center, he is the modern version of a center, just like Embiid and Jokic are. Ten years ago, you wouldn't consider those guys centers. And this has become the movement that the league is moving to. You can't expect seven-foot guys who can shoot to fall from the sky. But if you're a seven-footer, you better learn how to shoot because that's the future of the league. I think the best players in the league, look at Bam Adebayo. He's by far the best team on the Heat who are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And even looking at some players who maybe don't have the same skill level as a guy like Giannis or Embiid and Jokic or Bam, but teams are reaching for those guys. And I'm not saying this is something new. The league has been moving there for a while. 
but now it's really caught on. Now it's like every single team that has a superstar, that su- they are looking for the next guy who's going to be that quote-unquote stretch five guy or really just a five who can shoot and play make, um, and it's rare. I don't think we're going to be seeing a ton of these guys, but Anthony Davis is another one of those guys. Carl Anthony Towns is another one of those guys. These guys are going to be the guys that take over the league, and we might start to see more and more, and those are going to consistently be the guys, in my opinion, who are in the MVP conversation to the point that there are guys who are not at that level. There are guys who, you know, teams are just hoping that they'll be at that level, and they're still getting second and third chances. Think about Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis got traded again to the Washington Wizards, and the Wizards are like, look, let's take a chance on this guy. Let's see if we can revive him, because there is all that there. There's that that length inside where he can rebound, he can block shots, and then there's that pretty stroke from the outside where he can shoot. It's like this combination of skills is not something that comes along, and when it clicks for those guys, they become the best players in the league, and that's why they look at a guy like Kristaps Porzingis. DeMontis Sabonis is another one of those guys who he actually has the capabilities to be that guy. He's a little bit smaller. Maybe he's a stretch four, but he is. Essentially, he plays like a stretch five. He plays like a center. And you think about the Kings. That's another narrative thing. Everyone talks about how terrible that trade is. Everyone talks about, wow, you gave up Tyrese Halliburton. How you could do? How could you do that? I agree. I don't think giving up Tyrese Halliburton was the right thing to do for the Kings. That wasn't the guy that I would have traded. But at the same time, you had the opportunity to get a guy like DeMontis Sabonis and just because they're the Kings, we have this narrative about, oh, they're a terrible organization. But at the same time, you have the ability to get a guy like this who literally fits that mold that every NBA team is looking for these days, that Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, Bam, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, those guys, you had a chance to get him, you go get him. And I don't think that kind of puts a little bit of a different light on what they did, on what the Kings did to get a guy like that, even though it meant giving up a guy that will very likely have a very bright future in the NBA in Tyrese Halliburton. I did want to talk about a couple other things because we finally did see the first two games of the Sixers with both Harden and Embiid and what that looks like. I watched the full game today, obviously. I watched most of the highlights and skipped around throughout the game from Friday night as well. Um, First of all, I don't think this is going to affect Embiid's MVP race. If anything, it gives him a better case. Did you see what Embiid looked like? He looked as good as ever. The pick and roll, as I predicted, was going to be unstoppable. It is unstoppable. He could either fade and pop and pass, and then the pass comes there and he shoots it. Or I saw there was one where Harden just has a wide open lane to the rim. He just waits and waits and waits until finally they come to him, and then he could either throw the lob or just take the layup because they have to choose. Am I going to go to Embiid? Am I going to go to Harden? They get the switch where they get the switch of a big on Harden and a small on Embiid, and then you got to decide. Am I Harden? Am I going to dance on the big man? Or am I going to pass it down low and watch Embiid just absolutely dominate a smaller guard on the block? Those different things that they could do offensively are going to be so incredibly effective for this team. Just I said it before, and you see it happening. Another thing that um, I did want to point out, oh, and just to finish the point on Embiid being a candidate for the MVP, if anything, this makes the game easier for him. So Harden being there is going to give him more opportunities. He's going to shoot a better percentage. He's not going to have to take bad shots at the end of the shot clock. He'll have an opportunity to shine more. So I think in a league where, like I said, narratives control everything, highlight reels control everything, Instagram highlights, TikTok highlights are part of the league now and part of what creates the story. I think he will be affirmed, if anything else, as the uh, MVP of the league. I think this will help his case and they will only continue to win because of the addition of James Harden. Now, another thing I want to talk about because it got a lot of headlines today was the free throw thing. 
we knew this was one of the things um, that I talked about when the trade first went down was they were going to live at the free throw line. They were going to put teams that don't have a lot of depth in free throw trouble or foul trouble, I should say. Both of the Knicks centers today fouled out, and that really was a game changer down the stretch without having Mitchell Robinson or Jericho Sims, who both did a solid job on Joel Embiid down the stretch. They, were, they weren't there. Embiid's always drawn a ton of fouls, and as far as Harden, we know he used to draw a ton of fouls, then they changed the rule, quote-unquote, for the beginning of the season. That lasted about a month, where we talked about, oh, they're not going to get these calls anymore. Trey Young, James Harden, Chris Paul, they're all getting these calls again. The league, for an image thing, changed the rule for about a month, changed the way they called fouls, but now they're back to calling it the way they always called it. So James Harden is going to get a ton of foul calls, and Bede is going to get a ton of foul calls, and people are going to be pissed off, but I don't know why you're surprised when I kind of predicted this and everyone who I heard or listened to kind of predicted this also but then you see it you see 47 free throws or whatever it was between the two of them in one game it's kind of a shocking number it's kind of crazy but it shouldn't be surprising to anyone that's what these two guys do and that's part of what makes them so special they're going to put a lot of pressure on other teams especially teams that don't have a lot of depth um Another thing I want to talk about, and this thing bothers me more than anything, was Harden's joy. He looked happy. The way he was playing, Maxi looked happy, and Bede looks happy. They all looked like they were playing together and having a good time gelling together. Um, and that just goes to show you that Harden was putting on a show in Brooklyn again. Uh, like, it's so upsetting, and I want to get to that in a second. Before I get to that, I want to talk about Maxi, Tybal, and Harris, who, it's totally different. The game is so easy for them. Maxi becomes a catch-and-shoot three-shooter. Tybalt's getting easy open layups inside. He's not a good shooter. He's not a great offensive player. But if you're going to play off of him, Harden's always going to find him because there are so many things you have to worry about. And the attention that Embiid and Harden combined are going to create, it'll make the game much easier for a guy like Tobias Harris. Now, he got a lot. uh, He got hated on today because he really had a terrible game. But Friday night, he played really well. And he was getting just a lot of open catch-and-shoot threes. A lot of easy cuts. If he cuts at the right time to the basket, which he started doing at the end of the game when his shot wasn't going down against the Knicks today, he got a bunch of open layups. So all those things are going to come together for Tybal and Harris and Maxi, and it's going to turn them into much better players uh, because James Harden and Embiid are drawing so much attention. Back to Harden for a second, though, and the joy that he plays with. It's really upsetting. He looks like the guy that we saw in Houston when we didn't see this guy for the first two months of this season. This guy, he looked like a shell of himself. He looked out of shape. He looked fat. He looked slow. And then all of a sudden, he's cooking. He's he's hitting the step-back threes. He's hitting the four-point plays. He's getting right to the rim so easily. He's bullying his way uh, to the rim. He's the, making the right passes always. And it's just upsetting to see. I don't think it's only an offensive scheme that the Nets just didn't run, run an offensive scheme that fit for him. It's James Harden has this attitude of, oh, I don't want to do this. And we've seen this twice already. We saw it in Houston. Now we saw it in Brooklyn. I don't feel like being here. So I'm not going to give my effort. I'm going to act like a child and do whatever I want in order to get my way. I'm not going to let. I'm going to make you guys have to trade me because how much I'm affecting the team in a negative way. I'm going to play so poorly that people are going to think, "Oh my God, this guy is worthless." They're going to start asking about my ability to play and whether I'm on a decline. That was the one thing I said with James Harden. Whoa, is this guy on a decline? Turns out, no, he's not on a decline. He just didn't feel like playing anymore. The same thing that happened in Houston. And he comes in and Doc Rivers is like, oh, I think he's in the best shape. He's in great shape. He's in the best shape of his career. Well, first of all, he's definitely not in the best shape of his career. But yeah, you see that all it took was dieting for a couple of weeks and getting back in the gym. And he's in better shape than he was two weeks ago. And why is that? Because he actually cares now. But who knows when the next time he's going to stop caring is. And that leads me to my last question that I wanted to touch on on last podcast and I just forgot. It slipped my mind. Was could James Harden end the trend 
for trading for disgruntled superstars. Like, we always talk about who's going to be the next one, who's going to be the next guy, and the Nets make this huge deal. They get the disgruntled superstar, and then he becomes disgruntled again. When you're trading for stars like this, whether it's in football, whether it's in basketball, it's Antonio Brown, it's Jalen Ramsey, or James Harden, you're like, okay, this guy, when's he just going to decide, eh, yeah, I don't feel like it again. Like, if Anthony Davis woke up tomorrow after the Lakers traded all those assets for him and was like, yeah, I want out, sorry, trade me somewhere else. Like, you imagine if that happened? I don't think it would happen for Anthony Davis. Not the point. But the point is, when you're trading for a disgruntled star, who's to say he's not going to become a disgruntled star in his next destination? We've already seen him do it once. Why wouldn't he do it twice? And with the case of James Harden, this is the first time that we've seen a guy do it multiple times. Maybe not. Jimmy Butler kind of did it also. We saw in Chicago, disgruntled. Then he goes to uh, the Timberwolves, and he's like, oh, not happy again. He goes to the Sixers, not happy again. So we've seen this happen before until he finds a place like Miami, where all of a sudden now he's happy, but Spolstra, Pat Riley, that heat culture, maybe that's what helps. But unless you're the Miami Heat who have that culture, how can you trade for guys like that, right? Um, And so will this be something that slows down? And I think the answer is no. I think at the end of the day, you always look at that guy and say, well, he has that much talent. There are very few people in the league who have that much talent. So I don't think it's going to change. Another guy who has that much talent, um, and I just want to wrap with this, is Kyrie Irving. We see how talented Kyrie Irving is and how capable he is. He had 38 points on Saturday night. Um, His ability around the rim, his ability inside the paint, his ability from inside the free throw line just to get to his spot and create a shot and make such difficult shots is better than, uh, I think, anyone in the league. So that's really uh, impressive, and that team is going to be really scary. So as good as the Sixers have looked the last two games, I still would take the Nets Um, in the Eastern Conference, seeing what Kyrie was able to do without KD and without Ben Simmons. And then we obviously know what KD and Ben Simmons are going to bring to this team. Um, It's going to be really scary. I think the Eastern Conference playoffs will be really fun. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to talk to you guys about my week last week, first week as a board op slash part-time producer at Odyssey. All that is coming up next. Stick around. Episode 59 of the talk show, here we go. It's actually funny because it's been an interesting week in sports, and all I have to say is, boy, am I glad to have the NBA back. Uh, I never thought I would miss the NBA so much in a three-day span, but Thursday night, we finally got some games again, which is last night. It's Friday now. Um, and I was like, oh my God, the NBA is back. Thank goodness, because I really missed it, and I never thought I would think that, but uh, when you miss something like that for a few days, and I, well, everyone knows if you're following me on social media, which you should be, I say this on every episode, but you really should be, um, now more than ever, because uh, my career has totally changed. Um, I'm kind of doing this full time, uh, which is really cool, and it's been a total different thing than uh, just the trajectory of what my you know, what I want to do and what I ultimately, what my ultimate goal is, uh, has totally changed. So this has been awesome. And so I started at 105.7 The Fan this week as a part-time board op and producer. And a lot of people have asked me, um, you know, what that means, what that is. And I I shared a video on social media of my first night. It's working overnights, mostly cutting sound, uh, mostly just making sure that Amy Lawrence is doing her job out in New York and that her uh, audio is being heard across Maryland, um, even though she is in at uh, CBS Sports Network in New York. So I'm not with her in the building. And then I stuck around, got to see a little bit of how the morning show runs here in Baltimore. Um, just a really cool gig, really cool experience um, to see really kind of behind the scenes of sports talk radio. And ultimately what I want to do is in sports talk radio, obviously 
Um, and so to see a, you know, a real professional company like Odyssey, how we run it here is kind of cool. So it was a really cool experience, but also part of my job is to cut sound and really create what is going to be the sound of the day for the following day, find all the highlights and stuff from, uh, the night before. And when I came into the building on Monday night at 10 PM, there was nothing, (laughs) there was nothing to do. There was no basketball. There was no hockey. Um, there, there was just nothing. And baseball hadn't started yet. Pitchers and catchers haven't reported. We've only heard negative news. And then the NBA came back last night, and it was all of a sudden DeMar DeRozan hitting a game winner, John Morant going off. Um, different things happened in the league last night, and I'm going to talk about that. But I also want to talk about the industry a little bit. Um, There's going to be maybe a little bit of a different podcast than I've done in the past where I could kind of talk about uh, now that I'm officially in the industry, although I'm going to come here and say, oh, well, look, I'm in the industry. Look, I could talk about this. No, I, I don't feel like I've made it yet. Um, so... I'm going to slow my roll on that, but I still can kind of give a little bit of a different um, a different feel than I have been able to give in the past and just kind of pull back the curtain um, on what does go on. And it's funny. You're trying to create a show for listeners. You have to talk sports every single day. And then there's just this week where I think this week was maybe the dullest week in sports that we've had since, uh, since really COVID, right? Everything shut down really quickly when COVID happened. And then all of a sudden we got sports back all at once. It was basketball was on hockey playoffs was on baseball started up football. Not too long after that. And we had all that coming back at once. Uh, and it was really fun and we got to experience that. But, uh, since then we haven't had a dull time like this because of how the schedules played out. And now ever since the Super Bowl, after the Super Bowl ended, now we got just a a period where nothing was going on. We had the NBA All-Star weekend, which I kind of talked about a little bit on last episode. I'll talk a little bit more about that coming up in a bit. But aside from that, what was going on? Like there was not much happening. So now it's good. Sports is back and I cannot be more excited. But let's talk about kind of what happened this week over uh, the last, uh, I guess, week or so in sports talk media and what people did talk about and what I on this podcast will not be talking about. Um, the first thing was the dunk contest. Fix the dunk contest. Fix the dunk contest. There's something wrong with the dunk contest. Okay, so the NBA slam dunk contest. Here's what, what we got. First of all, we've seen the best of it, right? Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine put on a show. Now, everyone's saying, well, we need superstars to be in the dunk contest. Well, no, not really. Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine were not superstars when they did the con- dunk contest. We need less attempts. We need them to try less hard things. Well, not really, because if they're trying less hard things, the dunks won't be as good. And even though they get it on their seventh or eighth attempt, uh, it's still cool to see that dunk. Um, I think the bottom line is my opinion. It comes down to a guy like LeBron James should be in the dunk contest. And if he's not in the dunk contest, then that's the problem, right? A guy like John Morant should be in the dunk contest. You want the most fun, most athletic, uh, most popular players in the league. Like the fact that Carl Anthony Towns won the three point contest also means nothing to me because Steph Curry and Clay Thompson weren't in the three point contest. How do you have a three point contest without those guys? So the bottom line is, like I said last week, the reason why the best all-star weekend is baseball is because you have all the stars out there and they're playing at the top of their game. Whereas we're not really getting that with basketball. So, uh, that was just first thing. That's the the dunk contest, which I'm not going to discuss. I'm also not going to discuss Aaron Rodgers' comments. Aaron Rodgers put out that cryptic social media post. Aaron Rodgers is the way he does. He wants people to talk about him. And that was the perfect opportunity. Nobody was talking about anything, right? There was nothing to talk about. So Aaron Rodgers like, look me, 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 like all this stuff about him, whether he's going to leave or stay in green Bay. I think a bigger reason why I think and a lot of people their opinion now is that he's just going to stay in Green Bay is because this whole thing seems to just be an attention thing it's just an attention grab he needs to grab attention and it has nothing to do with actually being um 
in Green Bay or not. It's just everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. Something I did want to talk about, and I'll get to this a little bit later. Uh, I, I listened to Colin Cowherd's podcast because he had my guy Ryan Rosillo on. So everyone knows I'm obsessed with Ryan Rosillo. I listen to him all the time, listen to every episode, and I try and get as much content of him as I can. And starting Sunday, he's going to be on Bill Simmons' podcast every Sunday night, so I can't wait for that. But um, that being the case, I went to Colin's podcast for the first time because he had Rosillo on. And everyone, I've talked about this here, I love uh, Colin Coward. He's one of the first sports talk radio people that I really listen to on a daily basis. Um, and maybe not. I guess, Obviously, Carton, Craig Carton and uh, Boomer were the first. And a little bit later was Colin Coward, first when he was at ESPN and then when he was at Fox Sports. I've been listening to him for a long time. Um, and... I respect what he does. I think it's different. He's the king of the analogy, right? He does something different than anyone else. Uh, he's obviously extremely entertaining, but he also kind of leads the media in doing what kind of bothers me about sports talk media sometimes, which is the overreact to what just happened. Uh, everyone loves to do this, and we saw this right after the Super Bowl. Everyone talks about, oh, this is, we have to do it this way, this way. And, like, you know, you see the dunk contest, and everyone's like, oh, we need to change it to do this. And if it was a good dunk contest, then they'll say something else. So everyone automatically overreacts to what happened most recently. Um, and you never really hear someone call Colin Coward out on that, but because Ryan was on the podcast, he was able to call him out. So that was kind of cool. That was a cool part of it, although... I don't recommend Colin's podcast unless you love his show because it was the same exact as his show. Like he opened with a few statements that he had and a few ideas and analogies. And then he basically had Ryan on, talked over Ryan the entire time, said all of the things he wanted to say. And then I was like, what's your take on that? So it was and there were a lot of commercials. So I think like the point of a podcast is to pull back the curtain a little bit, to talk a little bit uh, freely. The only difference between that was Colin Coward threw in some curse words, which were so forced. Like he's like, oh, look, I have a podcast. I can curse now. You know what I mean? So he like threw in like random curse words that didn't make sense or didn't fit in those spots, kind of trying to make it like fun and hip. Uh, that's uh, that's my uh, Colin imitation a little bit. But uh, I, I didn't I didn't love it. But the point is, one of the points he was trying to make was about Aaron Rodgers. He's like. Green Bay as they have title down Lombardi's on the trophy it's their head coach but they won a couple of times the last 30 years they have two all of them quarterbacks back to back I'd rather be the Rams if then be Green Bay and Rosillo was just like no you wouldn't rather be the Rams than Green Bay the Rams won most recently but you're a perennial contender every single year when you have Aaron Rodgers like yeah you got you traded for Matthew Stafford yeah you signed a bunch of big contracts it's easy to say now today on February 25th in 2022 right after the Rams won a Super Bowl that you'd rather be the Rams but for the last 15 years you'd really rather be the Rams and go back 30 years would you rather be the Rams for the last 30 years as opposed to having Rodgers go straight into or Favre go straight into Rodgers no you wouldn't want that so this overreaction, this is something we do in sports talk all the time. And specifically in this week when there's not a lot to talk about, this is what we talk about. We're like, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers, this cryptic thing. What's he doing? Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Is he doing what's, what happened with his fiance? All that stuff doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, if you were to trade for Aaron Rodgers and if you are the Packers, you'd want to keep him. And if you were to trade for him, you'd want to trade for him because he's still such a freaking talented player and one of the best players we've ever seen in the league. So that's my Aaron Rodgers piece. I'm not going to talk about that. The next thing I'm not going to talk about is LeBron James. LeBron James, uh, as Bill Simmons and Ryan Russell both said, he hijacked the entire All-Star Game weekend. He made it all about himself. He talked about, hey, maybe I'll come back to Cleveland. Hey, uh, I'm, I want to play with Bronny. Okay, great. These are all things we know, although multiple people now have pointed out Bronny is not even the best player on his own team. So who knows? Like, is he going to be is, is some team? And it's probably going to be my Knicks is going to get bullied by LeBron James into drafting Bronny way earlier than they should. LeBron's going to come to them for like a year 
sign a huge contract, play for a year. It'll be his last year of his career only to for the optics of playing with his son. And then you're stuck with this kid who stinks at basketball and his father sitting on the sideline trying to control things. It's bad enough when LeBron's trying to control things when he's actually on the team and contributing. Like, I can't argue that LeBron is obviously contributing at the highest level of his career right now, meaning at least as high as any point in his career. He could still take over a game and win. He could single-handedly win a playoff series probably, and I wouldn't put it past him. Like That's why if, if I'm Phoenix and I'm the one seed, I'm like, shit, I have to play this guy in the finals like or in the first round? I don't want to do that. So, But my point is that LeBron James is still at the top of his game, but in four years from now, you think he's going to be able to still do that, still be at the top of his game? But he's still going to want full control of whatever team his son, if he does end up on a team, end up on. Like LeBron right now talking about, he's like threatening the Lakers. Hey, I might leave. And they, he did this in Miami. He did this in Cleveland. He builds the team when it's not good for him anymore. He starts talking about leaving while he's still there. How do you think Anthony Davis feels? How do you think the Lakers feel? Like, hey, we traded our entire future. Now they got the fake championship, right? They got the Mickey Mouse championship in the bubble. But um, this is what LeBron does. He did it at the All-Star weekend. He's like, hey, not enough not enough attention on me because uh, my team stinks, my team that I put together, but it's not my fault. I'm still great. <laughs> um, so that's another thing. Don't want to talk about that. Juwan Howard was another big topic this week. Uh, quickly, uh, he knew exactly what he was doing. So people who are like, oh, he, got, he lost his cool. He was in the moment. Well, no, if he lost his cool, he maybe would have punched the guy. The reason he didn't punch the guy, he went with an open hand, was because he knew that if he goes with an open hand, there's plausible deniability. So the fact that he was in that much control when he was doing what he was doing just shows you that he knew exact. He did exactly what he wanted to do, and that's a bigger issue for me because um, that means that this wasn't like something that like, oh, I lost my cool, I'll be better. He was suspended for five games. Yes, I don't. I, the same thing I said about overreacting. I don't want to jump and say, oh, he should lose his job. But at the same time, we saw a high school kid earlier this year who punched a kid in the layup line or the handshake lines, and he got charged with assault. So if you're supposed to be the coach, you're supposed to be the adult who's supposed to set the example for these kids. How can you be held to a different standard? If he was on a non-ranked or Division three team that's you know not in the tournament and he didn't have the name Jawan Howard and he wasn't at this big program, he probably would have been fired. So yes, I don't think he should be fired. I do believe in second chances and I do think we shouldn't overreact to certain things like this. But at the same time, I don't appreciate the double standard that there is because he's a very good head coach and because he is a famous name. That's, that's my piece on that. Another thing I'm not going to talk about. The next thing I'm not going to talk about is Zion Williamson. Um, Zion is again in the headlines. And I saw a um, an Instagram post that said, wow, the, the, the Pelicans underratedly dropped the bag or something, whatever it was. Like They, they, they really ma- messed this up underrated. And it was a picture of Zion and Brandon Ingram and uh, Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball. And I'm like, underratedly? These guys totally screwed that up. Obviously, what they did was terrible, and they panic traded again for CJ McCollum. That was not a good move either. Zion's not even talking to him, and who knows what's going to happen with him. So basically, what everything that you're talking about with Zion Williamson is he's going to leave, or maybe not, but who knows what's going to happen. This is a huge topic, and I think it's going to become the biggest story in the NBA. This is the one topic that came out of this weekend that was talked about that wasn't talked about enough, in my opinion. Um it was a perfect opportunity for the Pelicans to show themselves like how terrible of an organization they are. And thank you for the assist, CJ McCollum, on that one because he went on TNT and spilled the beans that he hadn't talked to Zion yet. Um, and now we know that the situation is pretty bad, and we kind of suspected that already. If I'm a Knicks fan, I don't want him. I, I I don't know what he is. Like obviously he's a generational talent. He's still only what 22, 23 years old, probably even younger. But 
the point is we haven't seen him on a court we haven't seen him we don't know if he's healthy we don't know what he can do and I don't know another guy we haven't seen on a court in a while and haven't seen what he can do but was all over the news this weekend with nothing going on was Ben Simmons Ben Simmons was seen in a video shooting five foot jumpers or five footers they weren't I don't know if you called them jumpers five footers with Kyle Korver and everyone's like oh Kyle Korver look he could shoot Kyle Korver's shooting teaching him how to shoot threes all that stuff everyone gets overexcited from that um those social media posts uh Shaq talked about this um, and this was the most amazing five minutes of the All-Star game. If you haven't seen this, I'll put a link in the description to this. Um, Shaq talking about his journey to the NBA and what what it was like for him to go to the NBA, thanking all the people and what it means to be on the top 75 team. It was just one of the most in- incredible, awesome, awesome interviews that you'll see. And it wasn't even an interview. This is why I love about the TNT crew is the fact that they allow guys to just talk and they're not timed. They're not giving them topics. They're not saying, oh, you have to talk about this or talk about that. They don't care. And they let guys get up there and start talking about things like this is awesome. That is something that the NBA on TNT has perfected. um, And their studio show is better than any other studio show um, for that reason. So uh, Shaq got up there and what he talked about was, hey, you know, when when I needed to improve, I didn't go on social media. I wasn't posting videos of myself shooting. I wasn't posting myself the five minute workouts. He's like he was kind of shaming the younger generation. um, But at the same time, he was talking about how important it is to actually do the work and not just get patted on the back and how there are certain people who are willing to tell him how it was. And so when I see videos of Ben Simmons shooting five, like he was shooting those five footers with Kyle Korver for the Instagram post, not because he's trying to improve his game and work on his game. And that's not to say that he's not, I haven't seen him on a court in over a year. So I don't know if he has improved in his game and it's gotten better, but um, the point is that these videos that have become a topic, oh, let's talk about this. Hey, Ben Simmons, look, he's shooting. It's That's not an interesting topic to me. That's just, uh, again, more, there's no thing going on this week. I want the attention on me, so here's what I'm going to do. Another thing that was talked about was the U.S. women's soccer team. I don't even know enough to not talk about it, so I'm not talking about that. But I'm not talking about Ben Simmons either. I'm not going to talk about Phil Mickelson. Um, it kind of sucks for Jerry Coleman that he was out this week on vacation because Jerry Coleman hosts the evening shows uh, at 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, and he loves talking golf. Uh, and Phil Mickelson made some comments about uh, the PGA, and everyone was like, dude, you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? He said they were, they were like, communist or something. And, you know, I, I don't know what the exactly the comments were, but the point is I don't think comments by an uh, old golf player who's, I mean, obviously still playing still at the top of his game, but I don't think they'd make headlines in any other week. I think, uh, obviously, this is a case of you know, we don't know what to talk about right now, um, and we need stuff to talk about. Now, th- what we should be talking about is the MLB lockout, and it got a lot of coverage also, but it's been the same stuff that's been going on. I talked about it the entire episode last episode was uh, MLB lockout. Here's what's going on. Here's the update. There's no update. There's nothing to talk about. Uh, it's the same thing. The owners are stubborn. The players are stubborn. Right now, the biggest thing that happened this week was that the league announced that if they lose time, if they don't get a deal done by Monday and they lose time, they will not make up games. And right now, it seems like nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to care that they might actually lose games um, and lose money and not not make that money back and the players are like yeah we're still gonna argue with you and we're still not so this just makes it worse and i posted on twitter it was five o'clock in the morning and i was pretty tired after the overnight um and i was just like hey here's an idea why don't we lower the prices of tickets to get into the games lower the merchandise lower the cost for food at the games lower the cost of everything and then here's what will happen 
the owners can say, hey, we're not making as much, look, and then continue playing, paying the players the same amount, still millions. The players will still be making their millions. The owners will still be making their billions. The only thing that will change is that the prices will be a little cheaper. More fans can experience the game in person. More fans who weren't able to go to as many games can now go to more games. You'll make the fans happy. Oh, and you'll revitalize the sport by bringing more people in because more people will be able to afford it. And everyone leaves happy. That's my opinion. If it's all, if it really is all about the fans, if this is all about optimizing the best thing for the sport and making it best for everyone, then that's what you should do. That that should be what you're supposed to do. Um, but obviously, that's not what they'll do. They're just going to try and line their pockets. It has nothing to do with their fans. It has nothing to do with helping the sport or making the sport a better place. It's all about how can we end this negotiation the most rich or more rich than we were earlier. And that's what this is all about with baseball. And that's why it's turning people off. And that's why people are upset. So people are talking about, oh, I can't wait for baseball to come. Oh, this is awesome. Baseball is going to be back. John Boy, who's like turned from really fun kind of baseball. They could talk about baseball in a... Um, just a, separated from everything. They could talk about it in a totally non-biased way has turned into like they they are owned by baseball practically. <laughs> and they are just like, hey, who remembers this guy? Just the stuff that we've been posting this week. I'm like, guys, you should be angry at the sport. You should be angry at the players. You should be angry at the owners. You should be angry at everyone. You should want to like boycott the game. And I'm such a sucker because I know that the second there's games, the second Yankee Stadium is open, I'm going to be going and running to games. I'm going to be going to Camden Yards all year this year to try and catch as many Orioles games as I can when the Yankees are in town. And I'm a sheep. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go. I, I wish I could boycott the sport. I wish I could, but I love the sport. And I'm going to watch it. Um, but I wish they could actually see that they are really upsetting their fans and actually care about that. But they don't because they're millionaires and billionaires who are so far removed from the day-to-day that they don't even care. They didn't even realize that they weren't in the headlines until this week. And this week that they were in the headlines, they'll be just as quickly out of the headlines with a great slate of NBA games last night. Like That's all it takes. Steph Curry going off in Portland is all it takes for them to not be in the headlines anymore. That's it. It's over. You had your little time in the sun. The Cleveland Cavaliers missing three straight attempts at game winners. The Brooklyn Nets continuing to skid and the Boston Celtics continuing to be incredible. DeMar DeRozan making it a further case for MVP with another crazy game winner. And that was a really fun clip. If you didn't see this, a really fun clip from the All-Star Weekend was, um, I think it was actually Luca who went over to DeMar DeRozan. He's like, I have a question for you. Do you ever miss mid-range jumpers? And DeMar's like, nah, like if I take a thousand, I might miss like 10. <laughs> it was actually a really funny moment. There was some really cool uh, behind-the-scenes moments with MJ and some of those guys also. So the, the NBA 75, that, that was cool from the All-Star game, seeing like everyone come together and stuff. But um, I don't even remember what my point was. My point was that is going to take the headlines, and baseball is not going to take the headlines anymore. So baseball, you had your time in the sun. You had your week, and you couldn't figure it out. You fought. Everyone saw what babies you are, and now they're going to go right back to not caring. So congratulations, baseball. Lastly, the last thing I'm not going to talk about, which made headlines, and thank you. Thank you, Jay Williams. On behalf of the entire media community, I want to take this opportunity to thank Jay Williams because he gave everyone content. Here's what happens. He makes a bold prediction, quote-unquote, that he doesn't believe in. I doubt he believes in unless he's actually, you know, unless he is pathological, right? He doesn't believe in what he's saying. Um, He gets the entire media to talk about it. And he gets talked about, he gets clout for his show, everyone else gets the topic for the week, and he basically just did everyone a favor by saying he thinks the Grizzlies are going to go to the finals. And if they go to the finals, it's like, yeah, of course they weren't going to go to the finals. No one thought they were. And if they do go get go to the finals, oh my God, does he get to milk this forever. So 
it is a no-lose situation for Jay Williams, but he gets to make this bold prediction, and it's going to happen. And then in three months from now, when they're out in the first round of the playoffs, he's like, yeah, I never said that. I don't know. <laughs> but that one week that there was nothing to talk about, I gave everyone something to talk about, so yay me. That's pretty good. All right, I want to talk about my week and what happened. So uh, I'm pretty tired. Um, I uh, started at 105.7 The Fan as a board op and producer. So basically, your job is to make sure that everything's running. Because there's no live show, uh, you're just making sure everything is running properly on the air. You're producing audio and cutting up sounds for the next day so that people have something to talk about. You're really creating storylines. So there was a quote from, I forget his name now, but it's the backup head coach for Jawan Howard, who's been the head coach now for Michigan for the last couple of games. And he's talking about Jawan Howard's message to the team and all that. And I'm like, wow, I could actually cut this in a way. And I, I kind of was saw behind the scenes of how I could change this and change this to something that he wasn't actually talking about. Um, and so that was kind of interesting. It was really fun to cut the audio for um, the Washington Capitals loss last night. The Capitals played against the Rangers and... So we're not the affiliate. We don't have the Capitals games on our station. But because we're in Baltimore and we're close enough to D.C. and there's no hockey team in Baltimore, a lot of Baltimore people are Capitals fans. So in the updates that they do, the sports updates, right, you know, every 20 minutes or every half hour, they do a sports update on on the sports station. Um, If they're talking about hockey, they're talking about the Capitals. The Capitals and the Rangers played last night at Madison Square Garden where the Rangers took a 4-1 lead and won the game. Alexander Ovechkin scored the only goal in the loss. That's basically what they do. So who's going to cut up the highlights so that we hear Kreider's goal, so that we hear the fact that every single guy on the top line for the Rangers, Kreider, Zibanejad, and Lafreniere, each scored a goal, so that we hear Igor Shesterkin almost had a shutout and would have had a shutout, so that we hear that Igor Shesterkin shut down Alex Ovechkin on a breakaway, and he is by far the favorite to win the goalie of the year and maybe even the favorite to win league MVP right now. Other than Austin Matthews, who might win MVP. But the point is, it's so much fun as a Rangers fan to get to cut all this audio so that the Capitals fans can listen and weep. Um, but that's that's been the job, basically. We'll see what it leads to. Uh, go check out my TikTok. That was pretty fun. And again, if you want more insights, I've said this all along. And so I want to take this opportunity. Uh, lots of people have reached out to me. Lots of people have messaged me. Lots of people have said, this is awesome. You're following your dream. Look, the difference between me and other people, and we'll see how long it lasts. Maybe I'll get burnt out and be like, I can't do this anymore. The money's not good. Um, you know, the, the, being up all night's not great. But the difference between me and other people is I was actually willing to do that, take that chance and say, hey, I know what I have to do. I have to stay up all night. I have to take chances. I have to quit my sales job. I have to, you know, maybe take a chance and fail. <laughs> Who knows? But I'm quote-unquote living the dream, uh, yet no one else is willing to live this dream. This is a dream that's very attainable for people. I'm not doing anything yet. I'm just soundboarding and working alone in an, in an empty studio overnight. Uh, if that's the dream, then anyone could do that. I think what I'm doing is I'm willing to take a chance. I'm willing to try and make something happen for myself, and that's really the difference. And obviously, I wouldn't be here without incredible... Uh, luck and different things along the way that happened that can only be divine intervention honestly and different people along the way who have helped me whether it's uh my managers at odyssey or the you know my wife my parents all those people so 
my friends supporting me, the people who listen to this podcast, that is who got me to this point. And that's why I talk about it on this podcast. So I do want to appreciate everyone. I want to say that the messages that I've gotten, I do appreciate. And that's the motivation. When I see those messages and people are saying, yo, dude, you're killing it. Wow. This is crazy. This is like, you're taking it to the next level. I'm just like, yeah, (laughs) I mean, wow, I I am doing this. Uh, Some days when it's three o'clock in the morning, I'm sure. And I'm sitting there in the studio alone. It's not going to feel like I'm doing it. It's not going to feel like I'm making it. It's not going to feel like living the dream. Um, but that's the goal. The goal is to get to that point. And in order to get to that point, you got to make sacrifices. You got to make it happen for yourself. So um, that's what I, I got to talk about. Uh, I didn't want to talk about any of the other things. And what I did want to talk about is what happened for me this week and getting to see that even when there's a week when there's no sports at all, you could sit there and you can make stories and you can just do something that's so fun. Um, and the fact that I was able to start this week and see the perspective and just the difference between Monday night and Wednesday night when there was nothing going on and Thursday night when the NBA came back and we had the Rangers play and there was a Maryland basketball game for the local people. That was really fun. That was so cool to see. And it made me like love sports again. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. There's so much going on. We could talk about all this stuff, this and that. And it's just cool to see that that's like people live that dream. People live that job and it's possible. Anything, whatever you want to do, maybe it's not something that requires staying up overnight for months or years. Maybe it's not something that requires uh, quitting your current job, but there are certain things that anyone can do that people, if you just really want to do it and don't think about what people say, because when I started a podcast, I don't think people were were like, okay, this guy started a podcast. Cool. Why? (laughs) Um, And then when I do this, people are like, cool, this is actually really cool. He's actually doing something. And, you know, some people are probably still saying, oh, he's staying up all night. What the hell is this kid doing? Um, but at the same time, um, I, I'm not worried about that. I'm just trying to uh, make something happen for myself. So I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, and hopefully you guys will continue to be along for the ride as you have been. And I greatly, greatly appreciate that. Um, and that's all I got. It's kind of quick. I, there, again, there was not much sports. I talked about what I didn't want to talk about. Hopefully uh, the next coming episodes. So we have an announcement coming on the podcast. I'm just trying to figure out when it's going to be. So I want to get content out as much as possible, but uh, we're going to do a NFL podcast where we talk about everyone in the NFL, every team in the NFL, what they're going to try and accomplish this offseason. We're going to do an MLB podcast if baseball ends up starting. We're going to do a New York-centric podcast where we talk about um, all the different teams in New York right now and where they're headed, what direction they're headed in. Um, We're going to do a podcast talking about the NBA second half. I know I kind of did it on last episode where I previewed the second half, but we're going to talk about awards. We're going to talk about all NBA. We're going to talk about playoff scenarios and different fun things like that. So there's going to be a lot coming to the podcast. And of course, I'm going to keep talking about my Rangers. I'm going to talk about the Yankees, talk about all that stuff when it comes. Um, And then I'm going to keep taking you through my journey, talk about Odyssey, talk about overnights, talk about different things that happen, different cool, fun stories. uh, If I get those, which I'm sure I will. uh, And that's going to be what happens on this podcast. So definitely stay tuned. The feed is not going to change, but we do have something that we're announcing. um, And hopefully we'll get that out soon. Uh, So thank you for listening. As always, please subscribe. It really does help me. So subscribe, tell a friend, um, share the podcast with someone. If every single person I post this on Twitter, I'm not a great self promoter, but if every single person shares this podcast with one person, just one person they know, and maybe people will be sharing it with each other. But if you're listening right now and you just send the link to one person, you know, maybe who doesn't know the podcast, um, that would just really help me just share it with a friend, uh, tweet it out, put it on your, I don't know, WhatsApp status or Instagram story. Who knows? Uh, I'd really appreciate that. And 
that's that's why I do this uh, for you guys, obviously. No, I do this for myself, but uh, I couldn't do it without you guys, so I do appreciate it. So subscribe, like it, comment, rate it, share it with people. And until next time, I will see you all later. See ya. She calls me Goliath and I wear the David mask I guess the stones are coming too fast for her now You know I'd like to believe this nervousness will pass All the stones that are thrown are building up a wall Taste is come so 